Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, the 7 a.m. meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And today is Friday, and there's somebody unmuted. Please mute. We can hear you. Turn pages. And today is Friday, October 13th, 2017, and this is the 7 a.m. meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter of Vision for You. We are on page 158. We will be reading the first two paragraphs on page 158 that start the next day, Found the Prospect. And today's readers are the 12 Steps, Tenzin P., the 12 Traditions, Anita L., and our text readers are Kelly S., Lauren N., Barbara E., and our newcomer grader today is Penny C., and the host for the second hour is Susie K., And the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, October 12th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 10540, 10,540. And the share ID for yesterday, Thursday, October 12th, the 10 a.m. meeting is 10542, 10,542. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. Checking in. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood them. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
8 made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9 made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10 continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted. 11 sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Tenzin P. And I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions for us, please. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA Ning ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks so much, and everyone have a beautiful day. I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. 
Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter of Vision for You. We are on page 158. We will be reading the first two paragraphs that begin with, The next day, found the prospect, ending with, begun to have a spiritual experience. And comments will be taken on both of these paragraphs. And I will now ask Kelly S. if she will read those for us, please. Thank you, Monica. This is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. All right, let's see. Next day, found the prospect more receptive. He had been thinking it over. Maybe you're right, he said. God ought to be able to do anything. Then he added, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. On the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. His wife came scarcely daring daring to be hopeful, though she thought she saw something different about her husband already. He had begun to have a spiritual experience. Okay, let me set my timer. Okay, well, um, several things in these couple of paragraphs, as usual, but... um, the first thing, of course, next day found the prospect more receptive. You know, I think about, um, for me, with my experience, you know, it took the different times of, of relapse and trial and error that talks about in the big book, you know, having to go back out there um, for me to become more receptive because the truth was if I thought there was an easier, softer way, if I thought there was a different, a different way, I would have done it. Um, so I just kept searching for a long time, you know, and it took me a lot to become more receptive um, 30 plus years to become receptive enough actually and you know I think about this he he had been thinking it over maybe you're right so I think about this as the as vision for you as we talk about being the renaissance you know I've been around a long time and you know I started listening to this program or to this meeting um, about two years before I actually decided to do anything different and it was kind of that thing I'd listen and listen and I thought well you know what maybe these people are right you know they're telling my story I'm hearing the experience that I've had, and you know what, maybe maybe they're right. You know what, you know what? maybe they're right about the big book, because that's where I had that closed mind. And so, you know, um, the thing that I, I had always forgotten is if God could do anything, but he wouldn't do it with me alone. This is a we program, you know. I kept thinking, well, I have all the literature, I have all the knowledge, you know, I could uh, spend time in prayer and meditation, but for whatever reason, you know, my higher power doesn't want me to do this alone. You know, this is all the steps are written in we, and it all comes down to service. So for whatever reason, that's what that's what the solution is, and that's the solution I wasn't willing to do, you know, with my ego. Um, I wanted to do it alone. You know, I just thought if I tried a little harder. And then, you know, it talks about 
um, on the third day, you know, he gave us, he was willing to do anything necessary. And that's what it took for me. I finally had to become willing to do anything. You know, we talk about half measures of is nothing, which kind of sucks because I feel like half measures out of is half, you know, but it tells us and promises us, and I've experienced it, it, it avails me nothing, you know, until I was willing to go to any length. And for me, that first thing was to accept my powerlessness um, with my food and to put my food down. I had to start there. And then I had to, as I say, pick up the spiritual toolkits. And I had to work this program daily. No more foxhole prayers. No more just doing it when I felt like it. You know, it's day in and day out. And that's what I was never willing to do. You know, I was just willing to work hard when I needed to, not all the time. You know, and working with newcomers, I'm selfish and self, you know, centered to the extreme, as it tells me. And so I have to call newcomers. And I was, so I was finally willing to go to any length. But you know what? My food got me to that place, and I'm grateful. And, you know, because it, I began to have a spiritual experience right from the beginning because what, what to me does that mean? It doesn't have the white light thing like, uh, Bill, I'm going to wrap up here. I didn't have that white light thing. The spiritual experience for me was, you know, that I was willing to get out of self, do things different, and do this day in and day out and recover one day at a time with you guys. And, um, you know, one day a lot at the time the light has been coming on as a dimmer switch for me it wasn't a bright light it's just slowly coming on and i'm just so grateful i'm willing to take action today and glad to be doing it with you guys and with that i pass thank you monica thank you kelly f and for those that may have just come on we are on page 158 and we are discussing we are the first two paragraphs on that page and who would like to share this morning charles h from Okay, this is what I got, y'all. I got I got Katie G, I got Barbara E, I got Jeanette M, I think, I got Matt M, I got Vasa O, I got Tina S. Okay, who did I miss? Larry. Larry Anita, Anita, Anita. Anita. I heard somebody with Anita, and I'm not sure who it was. And it's Harlan. SB. Harlan. Somebody mm-hmm. SB. Was there somebody SB? Chrissy G. That was Beth B. Beth. Okay, Beth B. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, all right. I knew I heard something here. Okay, this is what I have. Cal, uh, Charles, KDG, Barbara E, Jeanette M, Matt M, Vasa O, Tina S, Larry K, Anita L, Harlan G, Beth B, and Chrissy G. Whoa, we got quite a lineup here. Charles, you're up. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Charles H, a recovered compulsive overeater. And if anybody got beef with a moderator, I dare you to just recover, 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 and put yourself out there to be a moderator. That is just an outstanding, amazing, fantasizing, beautiful job to all the moderators. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, this is just power-packed with so much stuff. Uh, God ought to be able to do anything. Then he added, he sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this booze racket alone. What an open book test. Like, <laughs> you know, trying to fight this this booze racket, as he calls it, alone, there's no room for God to do anything. Um, I could so identify with trying to do that alone and being resentful at God for um, 
for not allowing me to do it alone or me not being God, right? So, uh, wow, maybe you're right. And next day found the prospect more receptive. This just mirrors what the doctor's opinions say, that more often than not, it is imperative that a man's brain be cleared because what's the real problem, my thinking? What's the real problem? Being injected with all this heroin inside my body, I can't make correct decisions or desperate. You know what? <laughs> this big book has a few oxymorons for this moron. I can't keep it unless I give it away. Destruction of self, self-destruction. That's what it costs, right? And there's so much references um, in this big book, particularly right here in these two paragraphs, a couple of days, 48 hours, 72 hours, and then we, we, we embark on this spiritual program of action. Yet still in 2017, October, we got people talking about, check in with me, check, check in. We check in the hotels. I checked into the Renaissance. I don't check in with a sponsor. This is life and death. And, you know, I posted something saying, um, what did I post? I posted something about, you know, what my man Larry K said the other day. You know, God saved my ass before he, he saved my soul. They're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm like, you know what? Listen to vision. Listen to the recording. Because there's so much people on here every single day, and some of us are still fighting this booze racket alone. This is a great tool. Vision for you is a great tool. The book is the program. Listen, get zinged up, but you ain't going to get zapped unless you do this. I get zapped every day because I practice this program in every affair in my life. And with that, i like to pass. Thank you, Monica. <laughs> Thank you, Charles H. Katie G., you're up, and then it'll be Barbara E. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, and I'm starting my timer in Boston. Yeah, I mean, me too, trying to fight this food racket alone. You know, I wanted to do it alone. And, um, you know, the first word, the first step, how many times do I have to, to hear it? We, we, we. And I have to say, like, the people who have helped me to put my hand in God's, right, like, they have helped me realize, like, I'm nothing. Of myself, I am nothing. Like, the people who have like profoundly impacted my life in this program have helped me realize like I hear God through other people. I escape myself through other people and I cannot, you put me in the ring with food or anorexia or bulimia, I'm going to lose and I cannot do this alone ever. And I am so grateful and blessed by all of you who remind me of that every day, you know, and my third step, like I remember the first time, I took the third step and I was on my knees with this woman and um, we, I was shaking. And, you know, what was I perfectly willing to do? Well, first of all, I was willing to stop fighting my right, right, to justify, rationalize and defend. Oh, no, I can have this food. Oh, no, I can have that food. You know, in Boston they say if you don't have a problem with a certain food, then put it down. Right? You asked me to put down a food, and I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know that. And like 10 minutes later, I'm telling you, I don't have a problem. You ask husband, who's not a food addict, to put down a food or a behavior, he's good. All right, bye-bye. He's not rationalizing, justifying, and defending his right. Right? But then what else am I willing to do? Am I willing to fit my life around my program and not my program into my life? Am I willing to show up, to suit up, show up, to shut my mouth, to listen? 
and also like let go of my old ideas, guys. When I excuse me, friends, when I first took the when I first took the third step, it meant letting go of all like what I thought I needed in my life. It meant saying, okay, God. Like, you want me to just wash floors the rest of my life? Okay, fine. I'm done fighting. Okay, God, you want me to be single the rest of my life? Okay, hey, I'm done. You don't want me to have kids? Okay, hey, I'm done. Right? Like, I got to the third step, and all I knew, I remember being devastated, and that was my sponsor's job to devastate me. Katie, you cannot do this. But God can. And I, too, like, was slowly starting to wake up, like, I remember going on to into the bathroom and putting paper towels on the on the on the floor and getting on my knees and saying, God, I can't do this and I still have to go there, right? Like, am I willing to do anything necessary today to let God show me that God can take care of this? Like KDG, you are not in management anymore. Get out of the driver's seat. You are not in management every day anymore. You take the third step, and you're done, right? And the things that come to us when we place ourselves in God's hands are better than we can imagine, follow the dictates of a higher power, and, and it's amazing. I'm going to keep showing up with you all one day at a time, and with that, I do pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie G. Barbara E., you're up, and then it will be Jeanette S. Thank you so much for your service and for allowing me to share on this beautiful Friday. I'm just going to take a little step back. This fellow, Bill, prayed to God on hangover morning after he'd had, and God didn't do much for him then. Every morning after I'd had a huge binge, I'd say to myself, not to God, well, that's it. I'm not going to do that again. And then I'd get to school because I'm a retired teacher, and the first thing I saw in the teacher's room that looked tempting, I was off and running again. I have found for me personally that if the temptation comes for me to have something I should not have, I pray to God, please, God, if it's your will, give me the strength not to, and you fill in the blank. And he, she, it, has never, ever let me down if I'm willing to do the prayer first. I had to be humble. At the beginning, I was not. I really thought like this fellow, Bill, I could do it alone. My self-esteem, my pride, my ambition made me feel that I could do it. But I have learned over time, and it took time, the moment I think I know everything is the end of my growth. And I also had to be myself because, as a very brilliant writer said, everyone else is taken. But to anyone who's out there who's still struggling, my opinion, my opinion is you're not a failure till you stop trying. I had to accept the spiritual solution. I had to tap into a power greater than myself, be willing to pray every single day. And when I wake up in the morning, say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And just abandon myself to my higher power. Someone used the reference of a choreographer the other day. I am not the choreographer. I'm just the backup dancer. I am humbled every day. 
I was told I might be a reader today. Oh my goodness, a reader. Well, I'm the backup reader. And you know what? That's fine. The chorus line is just perfect for me because then I get to hear the wisdom of others and I love that and this program means so much to me. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Jenna S., it's your turn, and then it'll be Matt M. Hi, this is Jeanette S. Can you hear me? I can. Hi, Jeanette S., recovering in Newburgh, New York. Um, <laughs> funny, this morning I, I wasn't even out of bed when everybody started talking and reading. And I'm climbing out of bed, and this one sentence has grabbed me, so I had to hurry up and get on the phone here. Uh, my wife came, scarcely daring to be hopeful, though she thought she saw something different about her husband already. Um, well, this was me, but not my wife. And um, I, I work with my mom once a week, and um, she got to the point where she was fearful for me to come over. Um, I do the heavy work for her. She's not able anymore. And um, she was fearful about me coming over. And when I got into this program, I, I was just even, even willing to believe. I started to change. I had begun to have a spiritual experience, as it says here. So my, my mother was scarcely daring to be hopeful, though she thought she saw something different about her daughter already. And at one point she just said to me, I'm so glad I have a new daughter. And, um, you know, if that isn't a testimony to this book, in this process, um, you know, this is somebody uh, that used to bristle with rage at the mention of anything spiritual. Um, and her mom is now saying, I love my new daughter. It's just, I don't know, that sentence just really got me, and I just really had to get on here and <laughs> give my two cents testimony for this program. So if you're out there and you're thinking maybe, sort of, kind of. Hopefully I gave you a nudge. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jeanette. Matt M., it's your turn, and then it'll be Vasa O. Can you hear me, Monica? Yep. Thank you, Monica, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. from New Jersey. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this, and I'm reading in the two paragraphs the willingness that he has to to actually follow the program and take every suggestion offered. I'm not, I'm not really good with willingness. I was I was I'm getting better with it, but I wish I had more willingness than I than I did yesterday. Um, I'm doing much better as far as calling my sponsor every day and being honest about the food that I'm eating. And uh, I see this gentleman. I look at look up to him because wow, he got it. And I see everybody else that I speak to on a daily basis, and I'm like, they got it. And I think the big flock that I have in me is the stubbornness that can turn into perseverance, but i got to let that guard down. I have to let the guard up when it comes to programming. i got to let it down, just like uh, other people are letting down. I received Phil uh, right down himself, Phil Thompson. And uh, just for today, I'm willing, to start, I'm willing to be willing to put that down because 
I do want to be better. I do want to get this weight off. I do want to be a, a productive member of society. I want to give back what I so feel has been given. I want to be a sponsor someday. And these are goals that will only happen if I put the food down completely, which I'm working on with my sponsor. And I'm grateful just for today. I do have the one to do that. Today's going to be a good day. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to joining everyone in a new day. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Madam. Vasa O, it's your turn, and then it'll be Tina S. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Thank you, Monica, T, for your service. So really two good paragraphs. I have been fighting the food from 15 years old to 41 years old. So um, it didn't seem I had a problem before 15 years old because the country that I came from was very poor, so we didn't have the food that we have here in America. So once, once we came in America, I was introduced to all these wonderful foods, and that's when it began for me. Uh, I've been thin child, and I remember I had gained like 20 pounds in one month, and my mother was so excited because she always worried about me to put a little more weight. I was too skinny. It was too thin. But anyways, uh, I I never thought praying to God for the food. I did not know it was food addiction or eating disorder or a, or a disease or the allergy. I just never thought and I never thought, I just never never came up in my mind, but I did pray to God for other things. And uh, I, I remember praying, to, uh, saying to my sponsor, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, where was God when I needed him for this or I needed God for that? But anyways, I needed to really look at the food addiction, you know. And she said to me that only God, Vasa, only God could help us conquer this disease, but we have to surrender, you know, and I, I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired by then, and I was willing to surrender because she 12-stepped me. She told me about the allergy. She told me about the mental obsession, and I had no, I was shocked. I really was shocked to find out it was a disease, and it scared the crap out of me. And she said, this is the only way, Vasa. It's surrender to a higher power, to a greater power than yourself and surrender to the program, the 12 steps. Otherwise, you know, I mean, I was going to die. I was physically, emotionally, spiritually dying gradually without even knowing uh, what I was doing to myself. And I was ready and willing to take the action, you know, the best action I have ever taken my whole life to surrender to a power greater than myself because I tried everything my own power for 25 years to put the food down. It did not work. I couldn't keep it down. So I was willing and I was ready to take that action. And I threw myself. I threw myself on the floor when I became abstinent. I didn't want to eat. I would ask God, please help me not to get into the food. And gradually, one day at a time, I became abstinent. And then that was only the beginning. And my sponsor said, okay, follow the rest of the steps. So it's such a gift to me. This program was such a gift from God. You know, I don't know where would be if I did not find it. I'd be probably dead today. Time. And Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And now it's working with others. What a privilege. 
what a gift. I can pass it on. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Tina S., it's your turn, and then it'll be Larry K. Thanks so much, Monica, for your service. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Grateful to be on the line today. Well, you know, I heard so many really good things from the get-go, from the first share, and, you know, ditto, ditto, ditto. Um, you know, that's why I, I feel so comfortable when I'm, when I'm on the line here, because I can relate to everybody who has shared. You know, and I, too, you know, wanted to do this thing on my own. And, and the deal was, you know, God wasn't going to, you know, um, be in the way of my doing what I wanted to do. You know, I blocked him off. And this, I was blocked from the sunlight of the spirit. You know, one of the things that I love about the, the last paragraph that was read, it says, you know, on the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and direction of his creator. You know, and then his wife, his wife begun thought that he was beginning to have a spiritual experience. Well, from the third step, you know, turning my will, my life over the, the care of God, you know, my thoughts and my actions to continue to go on with the re- rest of the steps to have the result of a spiritual awakening. You know, that's what happens through this process. And, and the light was turned on, you know, and his wife could see it. And that's what really happens a lot. I think, you know, other people can see the, the, the fire starting to burn, you know, and then I continue to do the action and uh, and get the result one day at a time. And, and I cannot do this thing on my own. Wanted to, I could really relate to that, wanted to. I had to exhaust every other avenue, you know. Um, I couldn't learn from you. I had to learn, you know, on my own. So um, I'm so grateful to be here, and I'm grateful to be reading this part of the book. And thanks so much. I passed. Thank you, Tina S. Larry K., you're up, and then it'll be Anita L. Hi, Monica. Hey, Monica. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Larry K., uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. The, uh, you know, th- this this whole thing, what, you know, what is a spiritual experience? It talks about a spiritual experience in the context of this program of action. What is that? Well, Dr. Carl Jung said flat out that it was rare indeed for an alcoholic of the hopeless variety to have a genuine spiritual transformation. That was his experience. But, but he did go on to say that in his experience, those alcoholics who did have a spiritual transformation, they were able to stop drinking entirely. I mean, imagine that. Miraculously, they became untethered from alcohol, this alcohol that was killing them. So if you can have this thing, if you can have this awakening, you won't want the substance anymore. No more fight. And the spiritual transformation, whether sudden or gradual, is not a slight change in your thinking brought about by some sort of incremental behavioral changes in the hope that you'll, you'll catch this thing, like you'll, you'll catch a cold by hanging around a bunch of people with the sniffles. That, that's not what this is. It's a total annihilation of your former self. It's a complete inward restructuring of everything. Your motives, your ideals, your thinking has to change. And you know why? Because all action is born in thought. So hence, my life is the cumulative total of my actions. I become the very thing I think about throughout the day. I became the food because that's all I thought about throughout the day. My thinking had to change. And if you agree that all action comes as a a result of the way you think and the flawed manner in which you think causes your problems with food and everything else in life, 
Well, this begs the question, how do you change your thinking? So you can't. You need a power to change your thinking on your behalf. And to believe anything else means you are the power. I mean, you can hang on to that thought if you want to. I tried. If you're the power, then you, boy, oh, boy, that's a lot of pressure on you. You see, we tap into the power that changes our thinking by following the steps. Action, action, action. We either place our trust in this 12-step process or we're the power. And if my thinking is aligned with God's will, chances are pretty good that my life and the lives of those around me are going to be pretty good. If my thinking is aligned with my will, not so good. I had to trust in the process, a process that I didn't know would work, but it did. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Anita L., it's your turn, and then it'll be Harlan G. Good morning, Monica and everybody else. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Uh, Monica, if if you could time me, I'd appreciate it. So, Normally, I don't share um, on the line. However, I felt really compelled because I can relate in so well with the last two lines that were read. Um, So what happened to me is I came into OA in 1978, and uh, the first four months, you know, I just let the whole God thing go right over me. And so basically, I put the food down and I worked a diet. And then fear came in with a situation that was happening to me. And I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. And I was crying uncontrollably. And all of a sudden, the thought popped into my mind. In OA, they say, let go and let God And that was when I had my first spiritual experience. I I may have only had one other in all these years, but it was sudden and profound because, believe me, that didn't come from me because I didn't want to accept the God part. I just wanted, you know, to lose weight and get back into my clothes and feel comfortable and feel pretty because I felt very ugly. And um and so I I went and I prayed after, you know, the thought popped into my head. And I had a spiritual experience. I felt transformed. My thinking had changed a hundred percent. And I went to my gym afterward, and when I was walking in the gym, my friend was walking out, and she said to me, where have you been? You're glowing. Now, is that a spiritual experience or what? You know, she had no idea what happened to me right before I was walking into that door. So clearly, my higher power had entered into my soul. And that was when I was be- I began to change and live in the total recovery, not just lose weight with a diet, because this is not a diet club. It's a design for living, a new way of life, a new way of thinking. And now I, my primary purpose 
is to help others. How can I be of service instead of always about me? So anyway, I thought that was important to share, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L., and that was exactly three minutes. Harlan G., it's your turn, and then it'll be Beth B. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service, and thank you to Queen Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. So glad to be here. Um, the Cubs took too long to win last night, so I'm very tired. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm Harlan G. I'm a compulsive, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. What are we looking at here in these two paragraphs? We're looking at some things here that are extremely important for me to take note of. One of the things that's extremely important for me to take note of is the fact that they come to see him after two days of letting him dry out. And they explain to him about their stories. They talk to him about their spiritual experiences. And he identifies it. The next day, not the next month, not the next year, not the next week, next day, he takes steps one and two. Let's listen. Maybe you're right, he said. God ought to be able to do anything step two. He sure didn't do much for me when I was trying to fight this bruise racket alone, step one. On the third day, lawyer gave him gave his life and care to the direction of his creator, step three, and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary, four through 12. His wife came and scarcely daring to be hopeful, though she thought she saw something different about her husband already. He had begun to have a spiritual experience. Where did this begin? Where did this start? What does Dr. Shulkworth teach us in the doctor's opinion? He teaches us that in order for the message to be carried, it must have depth and weight. Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob Smith had depth and weight. They told him about their alcoholism. And Bill Dotson had to come to a conclusion that he had been hospitalized eight times in six months, had beat up nurses, had ruined his life, that he was indeed powerless over alcohol and any vestiges of an idea that he had any vestige of an idea that he had where he could beat the booze racket on his own had to be smashed. The idea that somehow, someday, we will be able to drink like other people must be smashed. And when it became smashed, he worked the steps never to drink again throughout the days of his life and passed in 1954 with 19 years of sobriety and became a warm part of service and a person who was as much a founder of AA as Bill or Bob. And with that, I will pass. Thank you to Bill Dotson. He is one of the giants on whose shoulders I climb every time I come into OA. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Beth B., it is your turn, and then it'll be Chrissy G. Good morning. Um, this is Beth B. in Charlottesville, Virginia. And gosh, this par- these paragraphs are so, so true for me today in my early recovery. I um, want to talk a little bit about uh, 
something that that stands out to me is that um, uh, that when he talks about uh, on the third day the war, or actually how he became more receptive, and I found that becoming more receptive for me has been a process and not an instant result of doing actions. Um, yes, the actions work, but my receptivity is it's been kind of slow, kind of like a slow awakening to. Um, uh, to the to the idea that there's a power greater than myself, and so, you know, I um, I'm grateful today though because I want to share something amazing that happened yesterday. Um, I have been complaining a lot <laughs> about how my last hour of work from nine to ten uh, is uh, or is very difficult for me, and I want to eat, and uh, you know, kind of been a little bit of a baby about that. Well, at any rate. I'm finding out that I am starting to become busy um, in between 9.30 and 10, and it was really aggravating me. And um, so I sat and meditated on it, and I realized that it was aggravating me because 9.30 is usually when I have my snack, in my evening snack. And um, so the busyness is interrupting that process, and then it dawned on me that that is addict behavior. That is addict behavior at its finest. I become uh, irritable and restless and discontent. So what do I do about it? Well, I uh, read some big book and I sent out some texts last night. Um, and what I didn't do is have that evening snack. Um, I shared this with my sponsor this morning and uh, admittedly am still somewhat embarrassed because I'm still a fledgling, uh, recovering, uh, compulsive overeater. And I'm still sort of full of self at, at, and worried about what people think, but just the act of sharing that, um, was something new for me. And, um, it was very, very effective this morning. I feel relieved. Um, and, uh, so anyway, I like to, uh, share the experience because it's, it's like I said, I am a new newly recovered person and and that is what uh my experience has been in early recovery thanks and i will pass thank you beth b chrissy g you're up hi it's chrissy g recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic in new jersey and um i was reading in the family afterwards about spiritual activities that we, the alcoholic when he's recovered or the food addict when they're recovering and recovered that we engage in spiritual activities that promote the spiritual experience in this process that it's not just this this intangible vague thing that happens that just um you know like the wind blowing and if i stand in the right position i'll i'll be able to catch it it's it's very important to understand that it's a process that just like just like any process that there's there's a um steps to be taken there's activities to be engaged in there's things that I can do and for me it's it starts with prayer you know the prayer the third step prayer it starts with all the prayers that I've said before to to God in my heart like not even knowing that I was saying prayers, not saying them out loud, but just hope, just help could be a prayer, you know, when you're desperate. And and all the prayers that other people have had in in um, 
in favor of me, wanting me to get better and hoping for better for me. And it is so important to our families to for them to be able to have hope in us because it does help with our recovery process for them to be able to see us getting better and and to know that um all of our all of our problems weren't weren't caused by them they can't be cured by them you know that's that's such an important part of this family disease and this family recovery is to be able to see that you know it is a disease and it's no one's fault and and only by the grace of god can we get better and can we recover and it's and it's such a powerful thing to watch someone recover and to see especially someone who has an addict in the family i was i had the opportunity to see my aunt recover from alcoholism and that's that experience got me into 12 step recovery very young and i'm so grateful for that experience there's nothing like it to be able to see someone really rise from the dead it really it it's really spiritually that speaking that what happened to her when she came into AA and she she started to have hope and started to want to live, you know, because addiction is a slow suicide. It's it's wanting to check out. It's not wanting to live. And to see someone put put down their substance and want to live, it's the age of miracles is definitely still with us. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. And this hour is flying by. <clears throat> Excuse me, we have time for maybe two more shares. And who would like to share? Lisa B. Melissa, Melissa C. Kim G. Okay, I heard Lisa B. and Melissa C. And I heard Russ. So Lisa and Melissa and Russ, um, you'll be back up if we get more time. Okay, go ahead, Lisa. Good morning, Lisa B. I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you, Monica, for your service. The word that jumps out for me in the reading is receptive. And it says willing to consider or accept new suggestions and ideas. And then when I think about what the opposite of receptive is, is um, um, stubborn, resistant, you know. And I, I also, this led me on this whole train of thought about surrender and how it's possible for me just to comply and really not surrender, how when I'm just complying, I still have a lot of muscle in that whole whole process. And that, that's still not surrender, but I don't always know that I haven't really surrendered. And I experience that today, you know, as a recovered person, and that's why I'm so grateful for the continued growth steps of 10, 11, and 12. I'm so grateful for prayer and meditation and for talking with recovered compulsive overeaters and for talking with newcomers because I can see myself in them and that I can go on quite a while just complying when I really haven't surrendered truly. And that is the thing with this program for me. I have to surrender at depth, at depth. And, you know, even with the steps other than steps one, two, and three, but even even with the steps further on, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, you know, I can still be just complying and not surrendering. But I know today that my higher power is so patient and so loving and just waits and waits. And, you know, my problems are of my own making. Eventually I will trip over myself and something will bite me in the butt. 
but today I noticed that it doesn't take as long as it used to, and it's not as devastating, and I quickly grab on to the steps and, and can stay recovered and stay in the light, you know, of my higher power. But it's coming baffling and powerful, and the voices, you know, the thing is today I know that my mind is my problem. When I attach myself to my mind, and I don't always know that I'm attaching myself to my mind, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, no, this is what I'm seeing, this is right, this is right, but I'm not, I'm in a lie, but I don't always know it. So that's why it's cunning, baffling, and powerful, even as a recovered person. And when that muscle is in there, it's very dangerous for me. I have to be like a limp noodle. I mean, just surrender at depth. And you guys help me every day. And this wonderful fellowship in my higher power, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Melissa C., you're up. Hi, good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, you know, so I, I'm thinking about a lot of relationships that I had that um, that were ineffective, much like my relationship with God, um, because I was um, of this, this kind of thinking. Like, God didn't do much for me when I was fighting this food racket alone. And so it's like, um, you're not doing anything for me, but I'm not letting you in. Like, I'm not going to tell you um, what it is um, I'm afraid of. I'm not going to tell you what it is I need help with. But then I'm going to be pissed off at you that you're not giving me what I need. And I have, I have had that relationship over and over again all my life. Um, and it played out most significantly with my relationship with God. You know, um, I'm not going to rely on this thing. I don't even believe in this thing. But And then, damn you, you didn't give me what I wanted. Um, you know, and the other thing that I'm thinking is this word fight. You know, um, I always thought the best that I could hope for was more strength so I could fight this. Like, I thought for years that recovered, not recovered, recovery meant, I was stronger, I was going to become, as a result of something, I was going to become stronger than this desire. And so I was always fighting it. And like this um, dragon that uh, sometimes I was the victor, but most of the time the dragon got me. Um, When I started listening on this line, I heard somebody say, the dragon no longer exists in my kingdom. And so that's what it is. I need not fight. I need the desire lifted. I need my troubles lifted from me. You know, I can't fight anything. Um, But I do have a power greater than myself that I can rely on. Absolutely. And there's there's humility um, in, in turning to this thing that you don't yet believe in. And that's where it started for me. I didn't believe it. But I heard you. And you believed it, and you sounded different. I saw something different and heard something different, and and that's what I responded to. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And I'm sorry we have come to the end of our time here this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID for Friday, October 13th is 
10,544. 10,544. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Lauren N., can you read for us, please, from page 164? Hi, yes, this is Monica. Monica, this is Lauren N. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and um, thank you. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only we only, we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him for your morning me- ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answer will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great, this is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, and I pass.